Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? We have one of my favorite conversations for you guys today, where we talked with Dr. Mike Frazier about 
how we can build spiritual, mental, and emotional strength. And I just really enjoyed all the really actionable tips and things to think about personally. And I'm excited for Mike to be able to share them with you guys. Yeah, I think he does an amazing job of breaking down the different elements in terms of the goals you should be working on within your relationship and specific strategies and tools that you can use to implement into your life and your relationship. Yeah, and we go deep on finding meaning and purpose in your life, a big yes. one. And I really enjoyed that and just the way he laid it out of a way to think about that because I think a lot of us don't have it all figured out and that's okay. And and Mike gave some really great tips on how to think about meaning and purpose. And a little bit about Mike. Uh, Dr. Mike Frazier is the founder of Strong Men, Strong Marriages. He helps couples achieve the relationships they deserve by working through issues such as infidelity, falling out of love, broken trust, and all those poor communication habits we all tend to have. Um, he has a podcast um, as well as a website where you can reach out to him directly um, if you feel like you want to work with him. And he has been married with his wife since 2005 and has five children. And you'll see pretty fast why we enjoy this conversation so much. We appreciate you guys tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show, leaving those five-star reviews. That really helps us continue to be able to offer this podcast to you guys on a weekly basis, and you are much appreciated. Enjoy the show. Before we jump into today's interview, we want to tell you about our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign yes. me up. <laughs> then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show, relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. 
uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Ah, Thanks, Sarah. It's good to be here. Today, we're going to talk about how we can build spiritual, mental, and emotional strength. And most of your work is involved with helping men do this, but we want to make this so it's open to everyone and all partners and how partners can be supportive in this process as well. So we thought we could start with having you tell us what spiritual, mental, and emotional strength looks like. Yeah, so great question. And, and definitely the principles apply to anybody. You know, I work with uh, with couples as well. And so whenever we're, I'm working with a couple, definitely the, the husband and wife, you know, do do the work um, or whatever relationship you're in, this will be, this will apply. So spiritual strength, I kind of break up into a few different areas. So one of those being uh, just self-worth. Uh, having a, a strong sense of who you are, uh, a sense of your value as a person that is, you know, if you believe in God, that, that you're a son of God, that's infinite. If you don't, that you're just connected to, you know, the universe or just as a human being, you have inherent value because of that. Um, like if you're Buddhist, there's a, you know, the Buddha within all of us, right? So like having this sense of self that's not based on comparison or achievement or the things that we can tend to sort of fall into. Um, what I call like worth booby traps, you know, we can we get trapped into those pretty easily. Um, so, so that's one of one part of it is that self-worth. Um, the, the other part of spiritual strength is to me being a person of integrity. So being a, a man or woman of your word, um, when you say something, you follow through. The more you do that, uh, the more you build trust in yourself and also other people can trust you. A, a lot of people come to me because after infidelity and they're like, how do we rebuild trust? How do we do it? It's, it, it's simple. It's, it's not necessarily easy. It's by making promises and following through, you know, making that promise to yourself. Um, that, this idea of, of promising to yourself is really important too, because a lot of people, when they are unfaithful to their partner, they will feel like they broke a promise to their partner, which they did in a way, but also the bigger issue is breaking that promise to yourself. And the promise needs to be to yourself and not to someone else. Um, so that's the other part of what I call spiritual strength is integrity. Um, and then the last part being uh, having a sense of purpose of what you're trying to accomplish in your life, being really clear on that and working towards it. Um, so that's why I consider spiritual strength. Any uh, kind of questions or want me yeah, to go into more yeah. detail let's, with any of those? Thank you for that great synopsis. And let's let's start with that. And you ended with the sense of purpose. That's a big one. And a question that people are always asking themselves, and, and I'm just speaking personally, like sometimes I feel like I have it. And then sometimes it's like, where did that go? So can you talk a little bit about yeah. developing a sense of purpose? 
Yeah. So, you know, in my, in my program and what we work on is actually developing a, uh, a written statement of this. Uh, a great book about this is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So, you know, the first, um, the first three uh, habits, and really it's the second one, um, which is begin with the end in mind is what he called. But it's developing this, this personal mission statement of, you know, who do I want to be in the world? How do I want to show up? And probably the, the most effective way to help you get there fast is to uh, really, uh, this is an exercise I do with my, my clients, but just picture at your, your own funeral. And imagine you're just kind of like sitting in the back there and, and watching and you have these people, different people come up and they're going to talk about you in your life. So, you know, if you're married, you, you think my spouse uh, steps up there, what is he or she going to say? And what do I want them to say? And then my kids step up and then for, uh, you know, people I worked with, um, church or community, if that's important to you. So basically you kind of identify the different roles in your life, like, uh, or maybe your parents, you know, what do you want your parents to say if, if for some reason you passed away before your parents um, or your brothers or your sisters, right? So you identify these different roles that you have and then you'd figure out like, what do I want at the, at the end of the day? like on my tombstone at my funeral, like what do I want people to say about me? And that will really quickly help you figure out, you know, what do I want to be? How do I want to be in my relationships, in my work um, with what I do? And um, so we, we draft that into a, a statement. Uh, we also use visualization. So, um, you know, if it, let's say you want your wife to say about you, oh, he was um, he was really supportive. He was there for me. So then you sort of create an image of your mind of you. You know, if she's if she's sad, you're there to support her. And like, how does that look? How does that feel? How does that smell? You know, really get a clear picture of that in your mind. Um, so we we create that. We create a written statement. We create some visualizations around it, um, and then each morning. We go through and picture that in our mind to give us like a, a direction for the day. Um, and then at the end of the day, we review it again to kind of look back and say, okay, you know, what, um, it, where did I, where did I go wrong? Where did I mess up? Um, well, like in that same book, Seven Habits, Stephen Covey says, like a plane is actually off course most of the time, but it's the little corrections that get it to the right place. So writing the statements, like setting your destination. So like I live in, in California, if I was flying and my destination was Florida, right? I'd start the day making it clear. I'm trying to go to Florida. And then at the end of the day, I would look back and say, okay, where did I get off course? Where did I start steering too far North or South or whatever? Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how we practically apply that idea of having a purpose and really living true to it. I'm gathering the the overall theme of discovering that purpose is to just be the best person we can be and in, in making those tiny corrections daily. Is that how you think about it? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't like the the phrase "be the best you can be" only because it's too vague for me. <laughs> like, I feel like it gets thrown around a lot and it's hard to like even define that, right? You're like, oh, I think I did the best or maybe I didn't. But this is more getting very clear both in word and in 
image in your mind, like who you want to be. And then, uh, so it's, it's very intentional, you know, like I want to have this kind of work. I want people to say this about me in my marriage. I want my kids to, you know, say this about me or I want to be this way with them. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, you actually have like a, a true measure. So, because if you say, Oh, I want to be the best I can be, that's like saying, you know, I want to go someplace warm, right. Where the, with creating the mission statement, it's like, no, I'm going to, um, you know, Miami beach, Florida, you know, it's specific, you know, where you're going and that place is warm, but it's also a specific place. Um, so that to me is the difference between just saying like, Oh, you know, I'm going to do the best I can versus no, this is who I want to be. And that's the measure, right? There's an actual measuring stick to it. Um, and then you can kind of make adjustments saying, Oh, like I didn't quite live up to that today. Like I want to be a man of my word. This is something I do for myself. Like I want to be a man of integrity, a man who keeps my promises. So at the end of the day, I look back and I'm like, okay, like, did I do that? Were the, were there times where I was less than honest? Do I need to correct that? Like a lot of times I'll go into my kids at night and apologize to them. Cause I'll, I'll look back and say, Oh, like I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't as patient as I was hoping to be today. Um, so yeah, that, that's the distinction I would draw. It's just, it's much more clear of a destination so you can kind of measure yourself against it. Thank you for that. And I just want to drill down on this, but mostly for our listeners, but for myself too, is being clear on on who it is that we want to be and, and working towards that daily and writing it down, doing these exercises you're talking about to find purpose in our life. Should we be looking towards career or external things in this? How does that factor in? Yeah. So the, you know, the, the exercise that we go through, right. You are going to figure out like what, what are the different responsibilities you have or roles that you have? So, you know, I'll give you an example for, this is, this is my own thing, right? So for me, uh, you know, God, spirituality, that, that's number one for me, like living in a way that I feel is in line with, um, with God and with my religion. So that that's, uh, number one, right after that would be my, my wife making sure I'm a great husband uh, to her, uh, right below that would be my kids. Uh, so make sure I'm being a great father to them right under that would be other kind of friends and family. This is kind of an update. (laughs) I used to put friends and family a lot lower, but now I'm like really, understanding that those relationships are what matter to me. So I'm making sure I spend time, you know, weekly and, and daily building those relationships. Um, right below that would be my, my work, right? So what, how do I want to show up? What kind of uh, marriage coach do I want to be? Um, how do I want to impact my clients? You know, what do I want them to, what results do I want for, for them? Uh, because they were, were Uh, because they worked with me. Um, And then below that would be like my church and community roles. I actually don't do a lot in the community, (laughs) but, but church for me. Um, So um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the way I sort of order it in my mind. And I'm like, and I kind of run through this and just sort of check it off. Like, am I uh, in line there? Uh, To me, there, there is some, some truth to this idea that, if, if something up above is off, the stuff that is below 
uh, is also off. So like if, if things with my wife are off, um, especially because what I do, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help marriages. So if things are off with my wife, like my career is not going to go as well. Um, but also you're just kind of distracted, right? Um, if you go to the top, if you don't believe in God, if you just kind of agree with this idea that the more we're in integrity, the better. Um, and even up there with, with God and integrity, I'd put, you know, um, just making sure I'm in a good spot mentally, emotionally, that I'm, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, physically that I'm eating well and all of that, you know, that all goes up top because I need to, uh, make sure I'm in a good spot to, uh, to serve other people. I have to be, you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally fit, sound, um, to, to do those other things. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say, you know, career is probably what most of us spend a lot of, of our time during the day doing. Um, but if in your mind you're clear, like, Hey, these are the most important things to me. Let me make sure I'm getting those things in first. Like, uh, again, coming back to seven habits, it's putting those first things first. So if, if career is first to you, great, like that's fine. Um, you just want to be, if that's an integrity to you, uh, then that goes first, right? And maybe your marriage suffers and your kids suffer and you're okay with that. And like, if that's really in integrity to you, like that's that's the truth. But if it's not, right? If what's more in integrity to you is to say, no, like my wife and kids are more important, then your actions need to reflect that. And you need to be, you know, putting the time in to um, have a date night with your wife or spend time with your kids or, you know, do those things and make that important, you know, put those first things in first, put those, um, there's like this analogy. If you're, if you're trying to fill like a, a fishbowl and you have these really big rocks and then you have a bunch of sand, if you put the big rocks in first, you can put the sand and the rocks in because the, the sand will kind of fill around it. But if you put the sand in first, then the rocks, you know, you put them in then they're not going to fit. Um, so you figure out what are my big rocks you put those in first and then the rest kind of fills around. That's definitely been my experience is if you are intentional about putting those big things first and uh, putting the time in to do them, the rest really does kind of flow a lot more naturally and easily. What advice would you give a listener who maybe their primary focus was their career and their life and now they've reached a point in their career where they're they're confident they're doing well and maybe they want to switch that focus to their spirituality, but they've yeah. never really connected with any religion or spirituality. And so they're looking for a place to start to cultivate that. What yeah. advice would you give to them to start that path? Yeah, great question. So um, if someone's doing that, probably someone or something sort of sparked that in mm -hmm. them, right? Yeah. They saw something they met somebody, um, they admire somebody that seems to have that, that seems to have that spirituality. Um, so what I would say is whatever kind of started sparking that, um, see if you can connect more with that organization or that person or whatever, and just start finding out like, you know, what is it? What is it about you? What do, what do you believe? You know, how do you structure your day? You seem like you're really in tune spiritually, like how, how is that happening for you? Um, so a wise, one of my mentors once told me that um, if you want to catch a whale, you go where the whales swim. So like if you, if you want to be like a more spiritual person, you're going to go places where 
spiritual people are, um, whether that's online or in person or, or whatever, you know, you find a group that you seem to, that seems to have what you want and you just start kind of hanging out with them, uh, set aside the time to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's what I would say because and it, what someone might say is, well, I don't know. I just, I just feel this kind of call more spiritually. Well, take some time, sit down and try to figure out like where, where is that coming from? Like, what did you see? What did you do? And if you really can't find anything, you know, you can just kind of start uh, clicking through like different religions or beliefs and searching them and online and just seeing what, what connects with you. And then once you find something that does connect, take that further to, you know, be in that community in whatever way you can, either physically or online or, or whatever, find a mentor. I love that quote of, if you want to catch a whale, go where the whale whales swim. It's so valuable for, for spirituality or you name it, like surrounding yourself or seeking out the, the answers you're looking for by, by going to where the answers are or where people seem to have figured it out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I love that quote. (laughs) Yeah. Really good. I wanted to go back to the sense of purpose. And I, we really appreciate the way you broke that down and personally sharing your experience of how you think about it. And what I got from that was that it's not, it's a cliche thing, but it's not the destination. It's the journey. It's the, this daily practice of having that hierarchy or that list that you described of how you think about your life, what, who you want to be and in relation to the different people and then checking in with those things and constantly doing that. It's not, it's not a thing where it's like, okay, there it is. And and now I'm done. And I feel I have a sense of purpose. Is that on point? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As someone who spends a lot of time exercising, chasing after a five-year-old, and just being super busy all day, <laughs> I know how important sleep is. Because when I don't get good sleep, I wake up and it's hard to do those things. And it's important for everyone. And we spend half of our lives basically sleeping. So wouldn't you want to do it on something great and amazing that makes you feel rested? And some of you guys are probably on an old saggy mattress. I know we were for a while Mm -hmm. and you deserve better than that. So give yourself an upgrade. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes about two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So with Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. I took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm because I tend to sleep on my back and side. And I was a little hesitant to this because the Helix Dawn is a firmer mattress and I tend to love plush, soft mattresses, but I'm also a side and back sleeper. So sleeping on a firmer mattress over the last couple of weeks has actually made a huge difference on the way that I sleep. And I didn't even know that as a side and back sleeper, you're actually not supposed to have like a plush mattress. So news for me. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sleeping much better. And Helix knows that 
everybody's body is unique and different. And that's why they have several different mattress models for you to choose from, from soft, medium to firm mattresses, mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes directly to your door shipped for free. Just go to helixsleep.com slash I do, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but we think you will. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely will. And we cannot stress how easy the process was when we ordered it, got sent straight to the door, super easy to unpack. And now we are having the best sleeps of our lives on Helix. Thanks to Helix. So Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners at helixsleep.com slash I do. That's Helix sleep.com slash I do for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Today's episode is also brought to you by Headspace. 2020 was a pretty stressful year for all of us. What if this new year you had something to help you feel less stressed and handle the ups and downs that life throws at you? Well, that is where Headspace comes in. Headspace is your daily dose of meditation in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of meditation and mindfulness through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. For example, if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation to make you feel more relaxed and at peace. And if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by. And for parents, and this is something we've recently started doing with Stella, is that Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. We talk about the benefits of meditation all the time on the show and how it can truly transform yourself and help your relationship. We've been using Headspace for years now, and I can honestly say I feel significantly better when I am consistently meditating. I am more patient with Stella. I am more aware of how I communicate and speak with Chase. And it's given me real tools to better handle all the daily challenges life throws at us. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash I do. That's headspace.com slash I do for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash I do today. 100%. Yeah, I think, you know, people will... Like even some of my clients I work with, like, oh, yeah, I did that. I wrote a mission statement. I put it together. But it's like, okay, but are you actually living it? 
I mean, that's the point of this thing, right? Is to, you know, figure out what I want and then move towards it. Um, yeah, I think uh, what you said is, is a good point that, you know, the destination uh, isn't, it's not all about the destination. It's that, um, that journey, that day-to-day living um, where you make those corrections. You, uh, the, uh, the image that's coming to mind is like um, something getting polished, right? Or sculpted, you know, you're knocking off one little piece at a time until, you know, you have that, that sculpture that of the, of the life that you want. And it takes time, but, you know, along the way you're knocking off this piece and, uh, you know, it, it, it feels good. You know, those little, those little moves toward who you want to be. Well, I think we covered finding purpose and meaning in our lives as thoroughly as you can in, in 20 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> Obviously it deserves a lot more attention than that, but you laid really a great foundation for us uh, and some things to think about. And now we want to dive in and talk about how we can develop mental and emotional strength. So it seems like these things are correlated that if we have a sense of meaning and purpose, we're, we're probably also going to have a good foundation of mental and emotional strength or not, but maybe you can talk about the connection and then how we can develop. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, spiritual strength and and sense of purpose and and meaning and value and being a person of integrity, you know, that it does take some amount of mental strength to just like sit down and and figure that out, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, try to write down who you want to be and and really develop that and and think about that. So that in itself is is a, a mental strength development. When I'm talking about mental and uh, an emotional strength. What I'm thinking about is your ability to evaluate your own thoughts. Um, a lot of us, we go around and we have our beliefs about things um, that we never really look at or challenge or see if they're accurate or not. Um, or we, the other thing that happens is we'll get emotional about things. We'll get really angry about things and or upset or sad. A lot of times in marriage, right, or in a relationship, it comes out as anger with the other person. And maybe we're not exactly sure why, but but it just comes up. So um, you know, it, uh, a good example of this might be, you know, you... Uh, you want to be intimate with your with your spouse or with your partner, and they say they don't want to be, and so you immediately become frustrated. You become upset. You walk away. Maybe you pout. Right. You, you do all this stuff that's kind of negative, but what you don't often do is figure out first of all what the emotion is that's going on with you, which is what I consider emotional strength, right? Like saying, okay, like, what do I feel right now? The the strategy I teach is called name, feel, and deal. So you name your emotion, you say, okay, I'm feeling angry right now or frustrated or resentful, uh, and then feel it. Where do I feel it in my body? You know, it's in my chest, it's kind of hot, it's warm. It's kind of like going up into my, into my neck, um, and then deal with it appropriately. So that might be, uh, you know, with anger, it might just be separating yourself from the situation. It might be taking some slow breaths. Maybe it's doing some exercise, that kind of thing. So that's what I would consider emotional strength. Can I, you know, recognize my emotions, feel them in my body and, 
react in a way that is useful, you know, that's again, going back to purpose and meaning that aligns with who I want to be as a person. So in the moment, you know, that's what you can do later. And this is what I call a mental strength, right? You go in and you really look hard and you say, okay, so when, you know, when my partner said she doesn't want to have sex with me tonight, like what was going through my mind? What were all the stories that I told myself? And what I have guys do is just write it down. Okay, she said, no, she doesn't like me. You know, she doesn't care about me. She always does this to me. You know, this is uh, this is a pattern I, and I hate it. And look what everything I do for her and, and uh, she won't do this for me. All right, so, so you put all those down and then you look at it and you say, whoa, like, okay, that is why I was feeling mad. That makes sense. But let me really take a look at these thoughts. Are they accurate? Are they truthful? And most importantly, are they useful, right? Are these things I'm thinking and believing helping me get to where I want, which is more connection with my wife or partner or not, right? So that's where we have to go in and start adjusting them and say, okay, well, like, what's a more useful thought I could believe here? Or you know, what's, uh, what beliefs are in my way and what can I substitute? Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's such a powerful tool to be able to take that pause and not be ruled by our emotions and, right. and understand them. And it's okay to have these negative thoughts or anger, but to not let them control us. And something I've really tried to work on and yeah, you feel like you have a superpower when you can name it, feel it, and deal with it, as you said. And one of the things I would ask you is, how do you think about and the importance of getting to the underlying history of why we get triggered by a certain thing from with our partner? We, we're able to name it, we're able to feel it, and we're dealing with it, but understanding like where it comes from in our childhood or maybe a past relationship. I always struggle with, it's like the intellectual side of me wants to really know, but I don't know how valuable that might be. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think, um, and I've done some recent work on this where I used to put very little stock in that. And now I'm, I'm looking at it more closely, mainly because um, I think it gives you more, insight into like why you're behaving the way that you are. Um, for example, like if, um, and this is one of the questions that I have guys go through is like, where did that thought come from? So for example, you know, going back to the same, same thing of, Oh, your, my wife said no to sex. My partner said no to sex tonight. Um, you know, you're like, Oh, she never listened. She never, uh, I'm not important to her. Is, is a lot of times what kind of the, the core thought is. And so one of the questions that, that I have guys ask themselves is, okay, where does that thought come from? Okay, I'm not important. Where else did I see that in my life? Oh, yeah, my, maybe I did feel like my parents didn't really listen to me. Or maybe I saw my, uh, my dad treat my mom in a way that was not respectful. And now I'm kind of seeing that same thing play out. Um, so. I think it can be helpful to bring awareness. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, the, the main idea is 
we want to get to a better result, a better place at the end of it. So sure, it's 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 nice to see like, oh yeah, that does come from there. And yeah, that is something deep. Um, but what's more helpful is to say, okay, well, yeah, that thought's there, that that belief is there, but what can I start inserting instead? You know, what can I start believing instead? And then what evidence do I have to support that new idea, that more useful idea that maybe I want So like, sometimes you can do the opposite, although it's, it's sometimes hard to believe that. It's like for this one, oh, I'm not important to my wife. You could do the opposite, say, well, I am important to my wife and here's sort of all the evidence for that. Oh yeah, she told me yesterday I'm important to her or you know, whatever it is. Um, and then you're able to start saying, okay, yeah, you know, that was a thought error. That was my old stuff coming up and I kind of put it on her. So then you can come and apologize and, you know, just say, I'm working on that. Please call my attention to it um, if you see that come up. And that's how you start, you know, moving forward. Sometimes too, it can be useful when you, when you do that, right? You look back at your family upbringing or whatever, and you can start actually fixing some of those relationships because you see it coming up now. You know, you can ask for apologies or apologize or just start calling out those negative behaviors that you're seeing with your family of origin, um, which can be really powerful. You can start building better relationships all around you by doing this process. What would you tell someone who either a listener themselves or a listener who's recognizing this in their partner, this an inability to evaluate their or their partner or, or if their partner is unable to evaluate their own thoughts and mm-hmm. they're just reacting always and it's like where's a place you could tell them to start yeah so if you're in that situation you have a super reactive partner they don't seem to be wanting to take much responsibility for that the main thing to remember is like that feels very powerless right like what am I supposed to do here? I can't really do anything. I can't, you know, I can't change them. I can't make them take responsibility for it, which you can't. But what you want to remember is you actually do have more power than you think. Um, You can decide what you are going to do. This is what, this is the part of development I call, you know, uh, well, it's making requests and setting boundaries, right? So if you notice your partner is just, so reactive or so angry, you know, you can make a request, which might be, hey, you know, please stop yelling or please don't slam the doors when you act like that or whatever it is, you know, the behavior that you don't want anymore. Um, but then the boundary side of that is saying, okay, if you continue to yell and scream, I will do something. So that might be, I will walk out the door. I will, you know, leave the house until you calm down. Uh, I will, you know, leave the relationship if it comes to that, right? I'll separate or um, I'll call a, you know, call a friend, whatever it is. Where people get mixed up with boundaries is they think, um, like, it means I have to make this person do something. So, like, if, if your partner's yelling and screaming, let's say, you know, if you go to them and say, don't do that, you can't do that anymore. A lot of people will think that's a boundary, but it's, it's actually not because you can't control that person. Um, but you can say, hey, if you you can choose to yell and scream if you want, but if you do, this is what I will do. 
you know, I'll leave, I'll call the police if it's that severe, you know, whatever it might be. And then that feels really good because you are taking the power back. You're also not trying to manage their anger for them anymore. You're just saying, hey, like you're having a problem managing that or whatever emotion, right? You're having a problem managing that anger. Um, I can't manage that for you. Uh, but um, what I can do is tell you I think it's a problem and tell you what I'm going to do if you continue to act that way. Um, and so just saying that, right? It feels solid. It feels strong. And, um, and that's actually the best way that you will start helping them shape their behavior because they'll start seeing, oh, like there are consequences to this. Oh, I am going to distance myself from people I care about if I keep behaving this way. Uh, and maybe I do need some help. Maybe I do need to go get, um, you know, get some therapy or some coaching or whatever. Now, how would you go about having the dialogue or the conversation with the person, I guess, more proactively versus in the moment? Because a lot of the yeah. times, like you said, you know, you're you're in this moment and you tell them if you do this, then I'll do that. And in the moment, sometimes someone might take that as like a threat versus mm -hmm. talking about it ahead of, you know, maybe it's happening often and 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 you want to have that conversation, not in the heat of the moment. Can you maybe lead us on the best way to start that conversation? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, and, and you're right, you know, in the, in the moment, it's usually not a good time to have that conversation. What actually happens to your brain is um, when you get really uh, emotionally riled up, uh, the fight or flight part of your nervous system and brain kind of kicks in. And actually the, the thinking rational part of your brain starts shutting down. Uh, this is why people will say, they'll get in a fight and say, man, I don't even remember saying that. And they're actually being honest, like they don't remember it because that part of their brain has kind of closed down. And so, yeah, you're, you're perfectly right, Sarah. You need to go and you need to, if you can, have this discussion in a, in a time that's more calm, right? That's more... Mm -hmm. um, uh, where you can't have that thinking brain online. And a great principle for communication, this comes from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is seek first to understand, then to be understood. So you sit down, you try to understand, hey, and it works better if you have a specific situation in mind to talk about. Because if you don't, and you're just like, hey, you get angry a lot, and then they're going to say, oh, no, I don't. You're like, yes, you do. And then all of a sudden you're off to the races. But if you're saying, hey, you know, three nights ago, this happened, right? You um, you started yelling or whatever it was, right? You stormed away. You wouldn't talk with me. Whatever the problem behavior is, right? And you can point to it. They're like, they'll probably start getting defensive, right? They'll say, well, you know, uh, well, this is what was going on. They're like, hey, listen. I'm not blaming you. I just want to understand where you were at at that moment. You know, what was going on? What were you thinking about? Help me really understand where you're coming from. Um, Stephen Covey calls that psychological air. When a person feels understood, it's like they can breathe. Um, and when they don't feel understood, they tend to fight for it. They want to be understood. And people do that in all kinds of ways. Some more uh, mature and productive, some more immature and unproductive. Um, but if you can offer that, right? You come in and you say, hey, look, I really just want to understand what was going on with you. And thinking in this, in this format too, like he was having some kind of thoughts or she was having some kind of thoughts. 
And those are leading to some kind of emotion. So let me understand what were those thoughts? What were the memories? What was, you know, what was the interpretation? What was going on? And you'll be able to, to get that understanding. Um, and you keep, you keep going until that person really feels understood. They're like, yeah, you know, you get it. That is, that is why. And then once you get there, then you come and you say, okay, um, you know, what I'd like to tell you now is kind of my side. I mean, are you open to hearing that? It's always nice to ask permission for things. Um, just kind of lets people, um, puts people less on the defensive, right? And so you're like, hey, can I just share something about that situation and kind of my side of it? And probably if you gave that understanding first, they're going to say, yeah, sure. And then you come in and you say, hey, you know, that was scary to me. It brought up, you know, the way my dad treated me or whatever it is, right? Um, so you taking the time beforehand too to figure out your own what was I thinking and how was I feeling will be really valuable. Um, so you sit down, you present your side, and then you know see if you can come to some kind of agreement. Uh, hopefully, what happens after that is just things go pretty well. Um, but then if it doesn't, right, it keeps happening. That's probably when you have to come back and have that discussion again in a calm place is ideal. Say hey. You know, this is this is still happening. I do understand why it's happening, but what I need to also tell you is that I can't continue to have that happen. Like it's not, I, it's not fair to me. I don't, I can't really tolerate that. And so, if you do continue to do that, here's what I'm going to do: walk out, uh, leave the relationship, whatever it is. Um, and it takes a lot of thought beforehand, right, to decide what you're really going to follow through with, because the worst thing you can do is say, "Oh, if you do this, I'm going to do this," and then not do it. Um, because you've broken that promise to yourself, you don't feel strong, and that relationship is just going to continue the way it is. I was just going to ask you what to do if you you seek understanding, you get to a, a place, and then it just keeps happening, and that's yeah. where it gets mm-hmm. really tricky. And I imagine, yeah, like ultimately it could be scary because you might not want to leave the relationship, but that's kind of the only option at a certain point, if it's just, if you're seeking understanding and let's say you and your partner are on the same page, you have good communication around it, but their inner child is triggered when you hang out with your friends. And every time you come home from that, it, it creates a scene and you've talked about that, but it just keeps happening. So yeah, then you could kind of lay it out. Well, this is not acceptable, but would you ever say like, you know, hey, here we are again, and we've talked about this, and I understand you you get jealous when I'm with my friends, but we can't keep doing this, and unless you go to a therapist, we, we need to end the relationship. To me, that seems like the only option, but then that person is likely to get defensive or feel blamed, uh, especially. So how would you deal with that? Yeah, well, I guess one thing I'd say, it's not always bad to be blamed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like sometimes that's what we need is someone to help us see the the problems that we are creating and having. Um, And so, and if a person really cannot tolerate, you know, taking responsibility for their behaviors, um, that's not a very mature person. That's not a very mature person. you know, we're talking about all these different strengths, right? That's not a very spiritually, mentally, or emotionally strong person. Now, people tend to match up with people who are close to their same level of, you know, strength or development in these areas. And so the first thing you have to look at is how am I helping 
create this, right? And a lot of times it's just by standing by and letting it happen and still sticking around. Um, but um, yeah, so you got to look at that. You know, what, what's my side of it? How, how am I being immature in this situation? Um, but then, yeah, you have to uh, step up and be honest and say like, um, yeah, you know, this, this behavior is not tolerable for me. You know, I don't, I don't treat you this way. I respect myself enough to not let you treat me this way. Like I wouldn't want if my friend treated this way. Why should I let myself be treated this way? You know, that's just a self-respect thing. Um, so I'd say first, like double check, make really sure that you are, you know, understanding your side of the problem. Um, and then once you do see that, yeah, you know, you, you develop, because as you develop your strength, you sort of leave your, your partner with one of two options. One is to sort of grow up with you. And the other one is to get left behind. And that's just the way it goes. Um, so if you want to improve your relationship, the best way is to improve yourself and invite your partner to come along with you. And sometimes they might not, and that is super hard and it's super sad. But what you have to understand is since you have now developed yourself to that higher strength or higher level of development, you're also going to attract someone who is at that higher level of development and you'll have a better relationship in the future because of it. That is a great place to wrap things up on. Mike, you've really given us a ton of gems in this wide ranging conversation. We've really enjoyed it. And I know I'm going to go back and listen to this show a couple of times. I'll, I'll fast forward when I'm talking, but uh, <laughs> you have really such a great perspective and a lot of knowledge. And I really enjoyed this conversation. So before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And also if there's any things we skipped over or that you want to emphasize or leave our listeners with, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, it sounds great. Thank you. I really, it's, it's been great being out with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and uh, so yeah, where to find me, I have a podcast as well. It's called Strong Men, Strong Marriages. Um, so you can come over there and uh, listen to some things there. If you start, I'd, I'd start with the first like, uh, four episodes start from the beginning and then kind of jump around the first you kind of give a some insight into this these concepts of building these different strengths um then you can head over to uh strongmenstrongmarriages.com have a, a free email series you can get on to kind of teach some of these concepts and then i also have a program if you want to kind of take things to the next level um uh, so those are probably the best places i am on uh facebook at uh, Strong Men Strong Marriages and um, Instagram at Mike Frazier MD. But yeah, strongmenstrongmarriages.com and the podcast are, are the best places. Um, and then kind of final parting words, <laughs> I guess I would just say it, the, that last element I think is probably the most important that as you develop your uh, strength in these areas, spiritual, mental, emotional, sexual strength, um, yeah, you know, you will either grow your relationship to a next level as your partner grows with you, or you'll be ready for one that is much more fulfilling and deep because you will attract someone to you that that's, that's at that same level. 
Well, thank you, Mike, for ending us on that very important note to remember. And as always, we'll have the links to your website and your social media in the show notes and on our website. And thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, My pleasure. It's, It's been super fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com